0: Parenting is difficult, but we can make it more difficult, especially when we bring our own personal issues into the process.
1: You're listening to Parenting On Purpose with Dr. Bob Barnes from Sheridan House Family Ministries. I'm Ruthie J, your host. And when you say issues, what exactly are you talking about? Because we all have issues. Uh, Well,
0: (laughs) you especially, but yes.
1: (laughs) I I do. We all
0: have (laughs) issues. And I think we don't realize that we're not a clean slate on this parenting. You know, if we could read this one little pat book and I'll do this, this, and this, and everything's going to be wonderful and I can go back and do my profession again and everything's great. I'm going to have house beautiful, marriage beautiful, kids beautiful, career beautiful, and it doesn't work like that. And we do bring our own issues. I mean, we bring our temperament issues, we bring our ethnic issues, we bring our past stuff issues. Are and we so, really
1: going to be talking about this today? Uh, well, <laughs> This might be a painful for If you don't want to, we
0: can do music instead. But <laughs> I think we have to kind of take a look at our own issues. For Rosemary, I'm obviously not going to talk about any of my issues. I'm going to talk about my wife's issues. But Rosemary, Rosemary is a gorgeous, very intelligent pleaser. And as a gorgeous, very intelligent pleaser, it's interesting to me because her first child was not her. Her first child was me. Uh, and it was a girl. And it was a girl. And little Tori was a awesome, passionate, bring it. I mean, every moment for me was fun with Tori because she was just passionate about life and about everything. And everything was a big deal that she did. But that meant that parents got in her way. And right. oh, yeah, and that meant that it caught Rosemary's temperament off guard. Here's what surprised me. Rosemary before having Tory Rosemary taught ten years in a, in a public school. She was a first grade teacher, so she was a great disciplinarian in school. She got it I mean, and there were a couple of times i'd I would come in and sit in the back and uh just kind of look at it and, and we'd talk through some things you could do differently with this one child, Reggie. I remember his name is awesome, yeah. yeah, that's three decades ago, but because I got him. I got him. you're expecting me to sit still really, really. I mean, I'm not ready to do that. And finding ways to work with him, just like Mr. Perna found ways to work with me. I still remember that teacher's name. Bob needs to get up every now and then, so let's give him the job of the get up man and get the chalk and eraser and do whatever. But I think Rosemary was amazing, but now her heart's all in. This is her firstborn, this is her baby girl.
1: And she can handle you being like that, her husband. Yes. But then when it's your daughter and a girl and she doesn't get it. Well,
0: she got it, and I'd say... I would say things to her, and I think the thing with her was, yeah, I hear you, but it's just exhausting to make everything an issue. And I said, you're not making everything an issue. This is the line. Tori's making everything an issue. Tori's stepping over the line. And I think the flip side for me is I'm a perfectionist and a process man, not a person man. And so I could do the discipline when I needed to, but it was to go back in and repair the relationship, make sure the relationship was okay. I mean, I could put Tori to bed, But when Rosemary would say, "You need to go sit on the side of her bed now," really, really, I'm not ready to go sit. Yeah, I'm not (laughs) ready to go sit on the side of the bed. And I would go sit on the side of the bed. And when I'd sit on the side of the bed, Tori would punish me when I came in. Rather than you know Roby, who's a a pleaser, he would make a place for me on the bed, make sure I'm okay and everything's okay. Where Tori would be, me. Tori would do exactly what I would do. You know, you put me to bed, and now I'm going to punish you right back. And so I would have to get past my temperament on that one and realize this is for relationship. I'm I'm not punishing the child. I, I'm giving the child a consequence. The child chose the consequence and the consequence is not the re- rejection from dad is not part of the consequence. And so I think we have to get past ourselves in some areas and temperament and, and background is some of it.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you grew up in a screamer home as well, that's a huge, I mean, it's so natural to you. You probably don't notice it very much that it comes out so easily with your kids. And then you wonder why your kids are screamers. That's
0: exactly right. And and it's the what was ingrained in my head as the way you get the child's attention, but your voice doesn't do anything. Your voice gets the child's attention and makes the child a screamer, but it doesn't correct the child. Where we want to pit the child against the child, not against my voice, because after a while, your child doesn't hear that at all. Yeah, you tuned nothing. out. Yeah. I don't want to use me. I want to use – I want to eventually, over a period of decades – This is the choice you made every time you make this choice. So you are causing you to have to go to bed early. You are causing you to have to sweep out the garage. You are calling, I was never a big one on taking things away. I was always a big one on adding things. Now there are some things we, you know, mobile phone, things like that. If I had children today, the mobile phone would be one of the things because there's an unrealistic freedom in that access to the phone. Let me, and let me say something's going to be really hard for parents to hear. If I were a parent today, my child would never have a mobile phone until high school, ever, ever, ever. Until
1: high school, huh? Until high
0: school, yeah. Listen to that little face right oh, there until middle high school. school it's well, full it's of them. it's yeah, but just because they think everybody else—if everybody else in middle school was driving a car, would you let your children do it? If everybody else in middle school is wearing that skirt that's too short, would you let everybody else do it? I mean, we have to be realistic, and I think we believe. Oh, I, that's almost abusive not to let my child, really. And I had one mom actually say to me, I made that statement at a middle school, speaking at a public middle school, and there was huge applause, but there was pain in there. And I had one mom actually say to me, well, with all these schools that are, that are having these bombings and these snipers and these people doing, it's for protection. I Really? So what? How, what about that phone's going to protect your child? That's for another whole broadcast. But I guess I don't want to bring my own stuff. And that is one of the stuff. If you're a person who comes into life with lots of fears, don't pass those fears on to your child. You know, I I mean, that child, they learn fears from us.
1: I've heard of a case where, you know, the dad was so scared of everything, his kids never learned to skate, bike, bike swim oh. or anything. And they, they grew into adults and they're starting to take swimming lessons. And and in South Florida, you know, you have to learn to swim. I mean, there's canals everywhere. <laughs> what yes. happens, it's almost like a necessity to survive is you need to learn to swim. Uh, but even driving was an issue, getting the, the driver's license and then eventually the car. I mean, it was such a breakthrough just to get them their license. So it was I know it's fear.
0: I and, get that though. I get that though. I, I get the whole driving thing. And I have to, again, and we've talked about this every day this week, I have to realize I'm training them to leave. I'm training them to be able to do these things. And, you know, we talked yesterday about dropping my daughter off at college. I mean, that was the most bizarre thing. You're kidding me, right? There's boys here. Why why would I do this? Um, But all the preparation we had done, all the preparation. It's the same with driving. Wow, why do we have to? Let's move to Manhattan where nobody has a car. But we're not going to do that. So I have to prepare them. I think there are things. There was an article in USA Today just last week in the tech section. It was absolutely hilarious because a mom asked a question to the tech guy for USA Today newspaper. And the question was, I want to look at my child's texting. How can I do them without them knowing it? I don't want them to know I'm looking. Really? Really? You're kidding me, right? Give me the phone. You know, I wouldn't say it like that, but Tori, can I have your phone if my child had it? What are you going to do? I'm looking for texting. She's dreading
1: the argument.
0: She is. This is mine. No, it's not yours. It's not your phone. What about privacy? No, there's no, you're a child. Privacy, does that mean I let you invite people into your bedroom and close the door? Never. Let me say that again, because most parents don't get this. Does that mean I allow you to bring your friends into the room and close the door? Never. Because it'll start with your friends and then it'll be your boyfriend? Never. And then you'll be pregnant? Never. No, it's all out in the family room. Privacy? No. You don't trust me? No, I don't trust the world out there coming in at you. That's what we're talking about. I love you. No, Mm -hmm. done, sorry. I think as a parent, this parent who wrote that article for USA Today just wants to be their child's friend, and so decide that. Decide to be that child's friend and you're going to have a problem.
1: Mm. And I know that there's a lot of parents who grew up in a home where their parents were so controlling that they think, I'm going to do it so different, but they go to the other extreme where... I'm going to trust my kids because, you know what, my parents were just really bad with me and I don't want my kids to go through the same thing. But then if you go way off the other side, it's still harmful too.
0: It is harmful. And we need, as a husband and wife, talk through these things. But we also need to not live hoping our children will say thank you. Thank you for making me eat my vegetables. Thank you for giving me a bedtime. Thank you for taking me to the dentist. You know, and one of the most hilarious things in in our world was when my daughter was the oldest first. We spent six years, and we did exactly what it says in my book, preparing a child for dating. And we did. We worked our way. You know, parties are one of the let's practice parties. And you, when you can't do parties well enough to call me, say come pick me up. This is a bad party. Obviously, you can't do a date. But every first date was at our house. Every first date was there. And I remember Tori saying, "I'll never have a date. No one's ever going." Well, then, honey, then if those boys don't realize how awesome and incredible you are, and it's worth coming over and dealing with Barnes. Sorry, and and we'd be playing Pictionary with him and I'd ask him the questions because Tori made a list. At twelve years old, we started, what do you think are the qualities you want in a husband? And she made the list. And when she made the list, it was awesome. And the top thing, unless she was mad at me, the top thing was a Christian leader. And we'd go out every now and then and bring bring your list. We're going out to dinner once a month. Bring your list. Let's talk about the list. And and you know, it'd be an athlete instead of it because she's mad at me. And that's okay. Right. We'd we just talk about it. it's her list. I'm not gonna manipulate the list. But her generally, almost always, all the time and probably all the time anyway, was a Christian leader, not just a Christian, a Christian leader, because she saw some guys in youth group that, what, well, really? They're Christians? But so, Tori, if that's it, we're playing Pictionary, and I'm going to say to this boy who's here, hey, and he and I are on the same team laughing and talking, and he's getting to be okay, okay, this is not what I thought, the interrogation with the spotlight. I did have a gun on the table much of the time. Oh, uh, kidding, yeah. kidding, kidding. Anyway, yeah. hey, tell me where you go to church. I go to I go to such, awesome, tell me when you came to Christ, if we can't get past that question, now one one guy actually took out on the deck and talked to him about it about coming to Christ. Never came back, terrified, but that's okay. And Tori would make the statement, I'm never going to have dates. So she's off to college, and I have a layover and decide to lay over in Lexington where she went to college on my way to Chicago to speak. And, and I take all eight girls out in her quad, and one of them says, Tori, Tori said you interrogated all her boyfriends beforehand. And I said, no, not really. But I did, I mean, the first dates at our house and uh, she, I mean, her eyes teared up and she basically in her own way said, I wish my dad had done that. It saved me my nightmare date. You know, now that my daughter's 35 and she's one of the best behavioral specialists we've ever had prior to having children here at Sheridan House, she's doing all those things. I'll take that as a thank you. I'm waiting for my barbarian to say thank you, but she's doing all she those things.
1: She a 50 word yeah. note of thank yeah, you it's just a,
0: just a note. Thank you, dad. No, she's there and she's great and she's awesome. But I don't do these things to hear thank you. I'm going to make parenting more difficult if I parent for my own self-esteem. Their grades are my grades. That mom looks at the report card. Oh, this is mom's report card. I can't believe we got a B. Really, mom? The education grades? That's not the top. Character's the top. So I'm going to make my life more difficult when I compare my kids to other kids around me, my friends' kids. Yeah, I mean, like we're wearing our kids as jewelry now. Really? You hear what he's doing? And you hear what he's doing? And and to be honest with you, we get some of these Christmas cards. With the letter inside of what their kids are doing, and I feel sorry for those kids. Performance, 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 performance. It's a hard thing. It's a hard thing. So if you're a perfectionist, it's going to be tough. Yeah. With your kids. Well,
1: and you get into the world of perfectionism, and I mean, it's there's so much do-it-yourself out there, and so many tips now that I think moms there's a the kind of an unspoken competition, like who can have. A really nice house, and no, I don't care what other people's houses look like. But then when you go to some, you know, your kids' birthday party at the other girl's house and you walk in, there's that feeling of like, oh, this is really a nice house. I really need to make changes. And you're like, where am I coming up with these things? Nice well, I, house and perfect kids. It's and a so- statement
0: about my personal self esteem. Mm-hmm. Self esteem cannot be performance, self esteem cannot be appearance, and self esteem cannot be acquisition of things. My self-esteem, the word self-esteem is a is really a meter. It's how you esteem yourself, not how high but where you go. And in our culture, every generation, not just your generation, my generation. My generation of male, it's what he drives, it's where he lives. And unfortunately, the next step from that is who's on his arm. And it's a very dangerous cycle down that the evil one uses. My self-esteem has to be in Christ. And I have to first realize, wow, I'm a child of the king, and you're a daughter of the king. And from there, wow, I get to see God all over. And I have to raise a child over two decades to realize how precious and valuable you are. If our children become an outward manifestation of our own self-esteem, we're in huge trouble because we'll perform them to death and they'll become human doings instead of human beings. And I want to I raise a human being, not a human doing. So we've got to put a plan together and think about it. And parenting is going to become a lot harder and a lot more difficult if my self-esteem is wrapped in my child and I bring all my own inadequacies into the parenting process. And
1: maybe even the mistakes of the past, how you were raised and all that. Maybe there's some good things, some bad things that you have to filter through. But if you just say, well, this is how I was raised and this is how it's going to be, that doesn't make it right either. And that's No, it doesn't issues. because
0: we're all dysfunctional. Everybody yeah. grows up in a dysfunctional home. That That's a ridiculous label. Hi, my name is Bob. I'm dysfunctional. I'm in the big support group called Church, and it's <laughs> awesome. But I don't want my me to get in the way. I want to think. I'm raising a child to go out the door to become a godly, competent adult. And so, Father in heaven, what are some of the things I need to be training my child, teaching my child, spending time with my child doing? And it's not about performance. We pulled them way back from performance because it can't be part of my personal self-esteem.
1: You've been listening to Parenting on Purpose with Dr. Bob Barnes from Sheridan House Family Ministries. I'm Ruthie J., your host, And you can hear today's program again and uh, the ones previously of this week as we're going down this list of five ways to make parenting more difficult than it already is. You can find that at parentingonpurpose.org. And for uh, more information about Sheridan House Family Ministries, about the children's homes, you want to support the ministry or get some resources from there, that's online at shfm.org. That's short for Sheridan House Family Ministries. We hope you join us tomorrow. We'll keep going down this list of five ways to make parenting more difficult than it already is on Parenting on Purpose.